Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Giomedi Chapish. Giomedi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good job on my name. I know it's a tongue twister. Um, I just want to say before we start, I love what you're doing, and I'm, I'm really happy to be on, on the podcast with you. All right. I'm excited. And thank you for praising me with your name. I'm sure I'll, <laughs> I'll practice it throughout our episode together and I'll hopefully get better and better. So now I want people to know who Giomedi Chapish is. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and, and her background. So Giomedi Chapish is the owner and managing attorney at Chapish Law Offices in Trenton, New Jersey. Her practice focuses on assisting clients from various parts of the world with their immigration and family law matters. Giomedi is admitted to practice in New Jersey, the U.S. District Court of New Jersey, and Federal Immigration Court. She received her undergraduate degree from Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and her law degree from Rutgers University School of Law in Camden, New Jersey. She is also the proud mother of two children, Tristan and Zuri, with whom she enjoys traveling the world. All right, let's jump on in. What inspired you to become an attorney? So it's actually a funny story. Um, I came with my mom, single mom, when I was about eight years old from Puerto Rico to New Jersey. Um, and then, you know, she met this man, Thomas, who ended up adopting me. That's where that last name comes from. He's Hungarian. Um, and we, and we didn't have a lot of money at all. So we rented this tiny attic um, on top of a law office. And I mean, it was, I, my room was the living room, right? And my parents had a, a, a bedroom because it's an attic. Um, and I would see my dad anytime like a letter came in, anything he didn't understand, it, it could be about anything. He'd go downstairs and talk to this man. I was eight years old. So I would see him talk to this man and ask questions and this man would help him. And, you know, social security, a job, any, any problem. And I'm like, who is this magic man that is able to have so much power and help my dad with all these, these issues? Um, and then I learned, you know, he was an attorney, he had an education. So I said, I want to do that. You know, when I grow up, I want to help people like this. I want to help people like my parents. Um, and then ever since then, I just, I wanted to be um, an attorney. Mm, I love that. You know, I, what you reminded me of is there is power in knowledge and that attorney's um, expertise was on display on a continual basis in your childhood. And you witnessing that as a child over and over again, you know, having that desire to, to have that role to be able to help people and influence people. And I, it's just, to me, it's powerful. Is sometimes we don't even realize the people we are influencing when we just pursue learning. Of course, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a natural advocate of learning and growing and all of that, but I think it, it, it's just a powerful thing when, when people are considering what, what's, what's the big deal with learning or being a go-to or being an expert. This is what his attorney was for your, for your dad right. and Absolutely. him being the expert so that um, he could inspire potentially, right, his, his entire calling on your life just by him being an expert um, with, with who he was as an attorney. Yeah, huge influence, huge influence. I remember seeing a meme, um, you know, cause some, sometimes as attorneys, people get upset, like if friends uh, contact them for help or 
um, you know, friends of a friend or cousin of a cousin. They, but I saw this meme and 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 I loved. It. I can't remember the exact wording, but it said something like, "If you are the person that." this person in need thinks about like that's amazing you should think of that as a privilege you know and not feel bothered and like oh they're not paying me for my time but you came to their mind when they needed someone you know and i i think that's amazing and i think attorneys really do fulfill that role in a lot of people's lives yes yes it it, it is i think it's it's uh it's, it sounds like it's it's um one it's it's, it's flattering on the one hand but then we also there's um, it is incredibly endearing and, and even there's a part of that's humbling to be thought of and many times to put on this pedestal of, hey, I can go to an attorney and get some, some really valuable feedback. Um, I, I love that. I love that insight. What do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I think it's, it's connecting with people, especially um, with what I do with it, you know, with image. I love traveling. Um, and so with, with immigration law, I get to meet people from all over the world, you know, all kinds of different countries and different customs. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the things that I love is just connecting with the people, hearing their stories um, and seeing how, you know, where they come from and how I can help them. Um, it's, it's probably definitely one of the, the things I most enjoy, especially seeing them, you know, I've had a few clients who with, with immigration, um, you know, came in undocumented and um, I deal a lot with children. So I, I just had a couple that finally got residency, you know, like years later, five years later, and just to see them develop, you know, and make their life here in the US, it's an amazing feeling to see them graduate high school. You know, they text me, I'm in college, I got my license, I'm buying a house. I, I, it's an amazing feeling to see that. And that I had like a little part of that, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. and, and explain a little bit what you mean when you say travel. So is, is that connected because you're an immigration attorney? So you do traveling in that regard? Or how, how does that, tell me a little bit more how that ties in. Leisurely traveling. I just oh, love to, yeah. <laughs> I love to learn about, you know, different countries and, and different cultures. Um, I definitely think it ties into immigration work, you know, but I just love the the different cultures. So I, I take my kids traveling everywhere. I want them to be exposed um to everything, you know, and understand that not everything looks like New Jersey. <laughs> sure. No, no, I, I got you. I got you. Now, um, I love, I love what you said, though, because you're playing a role in changing somebody's the, the, the really it's, it's you're changing the trajectory of their life. When I, when I think of what you're doing is you give people opportunities that potentially they would never have had if not for the influence that you provide and the help you provide as an attorney. To me, I think that's just powerful. It is. It's also very, very humbling. Um, but that's, I love to see that. I love to hear their stories and I love to see their journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I picked up from you, you know, immediately. I think you, uh, the, the humility, you know, you mentioned that it's humbling. What is that? What does that mean for you to, to, for it to be humbling as an attorney? Well, you always have to look at where you come from, right? I understand where they come from. Um, I understand that struggle, that definitely not to the extent that they've suffered because I, you know, obviously I've heard some, some crazy stories, but um, yeah, it just kind of reminds you that we're all humans and that we're all struggling and we're all just trying to 
to get ahead, to make a life for us and to find happiness. Mm. Um, you know, the reason I, I, it was great hearing what you said right there, because it, it took me back to sometimes, um, sometimes the perception of attorneys, it's a prestigious field, right? I mean, you, you worked hard to get your law degree. You worked hard to pass the bar. You know, you worked hard to develop your practice. And even how you mentioned in that first story about this idea of being this, um, having this expansive expertise, and um, but I, I love hearing the humility that, that, that you display um, because people and, you know, people can put you on a pedestal in that prestige of being an attorney, but not allow. what I'm hearing from you is you're not allowing that to go to your head. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what has been one challenge as an attorney that you have overcome? So I think. One challenge. Um, so I'll, I'll name two real, real quick because I think they're both important. I think um, firstly is is like learning to trust myself. Um, you know, the, the, the profession can be and, and is predominantly older white male. Um, and I think I struggled with that, especially in law school. And I, I know you told me there's a lot of, you know, you have a lot of younger attorneys listening to your podcast. I definitely think that's something I struggled with in the beginning. Um, you know, when I went to law school, it was only two Latina females in my class. Um, so it, it was difficult. And, you know, the, the term imposter syndrome, all, all that kind of stuff kind of really feeds into you. Um, you know, when you go to court and you don't see anyone that looks like you. So I had to learn to trust myself, to trust my knowledge, to trust that I was prepared. And, you know, I'm, it's still something I struggle with sometimes when I go in and I have a certain adversary with a certain reputation. Um, you know, kind of, you have to kind of like talk to yourself and say, no, I, I know my file. I'm here for my client and I just got to go in and do, do my best. So it's definitely a big challenge that I personally have dealt with. I love it. I love it. Let's come back to your, your second challenge in a moment, but I, I really want to spend a little bit of time. What you just said? I think, yeah. um, I think people have said, said the con the concept that you, you mentioned the imposter syndrome and it's so, it's so relevant. It's so relevant. I mean, I talk to people and people, um, at times think that it doesn't apply to certain professions, you know, because well, she, you know, you, she has a law degree or, or for the doctors, what well, you know, she has her MD like, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, but, but having, uh, I, I love that you're down to earth approach and the vulnerability that the, the authenticity I'm hearing from you to um, have that, that experience. It's, it's one that so many people have identified with especially in a field like yours, like you mentioned, I, I think um, somebody put a stat on Instagram the other day. It was like 2% of the attorneys are, um, are Latina, right? Um, and, and which is, um, which is, again, it's remarkable and it, it's powerful. Just it's, it's powerful to, to, to hear you doing what you're doing. Um, and, but also to understand the impact of not seeing people that look like you and, and what that can do to the psyche in, in, uh, in the situation that you're in, whether that's at the courthouse or in a variety of other situations. But I love the idea that you talk about of learning to trust yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think representation matters. I'm, I'm involved a lot with uh, my 
my law school, Rutgers Alumni Association, um, you know, and we we always try to encourage like as many Latinos, you know, go to law school and um, surround yourself with with that environment because it does it matters. Representation matters. If you don't see someone like you doing it, you wonder like, you know, do I do I belong here? Will I fit in? Am I going to be successful? You know, and then you all those doubts really do can play with your head. Um, so that that and like I said, I still struggle with that sometimes. I still struggle with that sometimes. So, so tell me, what's your what's your go to like to, to how to like over that? Like what helps you to overcome that or to work through it? Like like whether that's currently or in the past, what has really helped you um, to well, work think, through that? And even in, in speaking with other with other Latinos, I, we tend to overly prepare because we know, you know, we, we need to be extra. We just want to make sure that when we go into that courtroom or when we're handling a case, we're, we're, we're ready. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something I do. I overly prepare on, on cases and, and speaking to clients, things like that. So that when I do have that kind of moment of doubt, I have to kind of like you have to talk to yourself. Like, no, you just spend hours preparing for this case. Like, you know it, you know what's going on. You can, you can do this. So yeah. I think it's like that self-talk, you know? <laughs> Yes, I think the, I, I love I love what you said the the self talk and also the preparation. Um, yeah. I, I, and my wife and I were having a conversation. I'm I'm doing a big speech in a couple of days, um, for in front of 400 realtors, and right. and I was sharing with her the idea that I usually don't have any anxiety or worry or stress about performing when it comes to speaking. You know, I'm, I've been doing that for the last 17, 18 years, um, but I said, you know what, I feel a little bit of it. But and, I, and then I, we kind of came back to what you said, though, which was this concept of something about the preparation um, that I'm doing now, but also all of the life preparation, reminding myself of how prepared I am and knowing that um, like, I'm, like it will be impossible for somebody to prepare as long and as hard as I've done. And it is to your point, I think there's great confidence we can take from the preparation we do and reminding us that we've done, we put in the work yeah. to earn the confidence of feeling great about the opportunity in front of us. Right, right. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you offer someone just starting their career as an attorney? So I definitely think networking. Um, definitely networking, you know, go to um, all the bar associations, go to the CLEs, continue learning. That's a huge thing. Continue learning, continue making those connections with other attorneys. Um, I think like business-wise, it will help you, um, you know, because you get referrals, people will remember your name, people remember what you do. but also if you want to run an idea, you know, by like I, I have, especially I'm a solo practitioner, so I don't have a firm of attorneys that we can work as a team and, you know, run things off each other. So that's been integral in my career is being able to call another attorney that I had a case even against um, or have networked in a bar association and say, hey, you know, I have this case. I, I don't. What, what do you think of it? Can I run my strategy you know, by you? Um, so I think, again, it comes back to that human connection. Right. Um, but I think that starting out your career, absolutely networking, connecting with other attorneys. Um, and then the other thing is work life balance. Like you also have to know when to say no. 
um, you know, and, and really protect your time because it can get, it can get mentally draining. You can burn out fast if you just like go, 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 go. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the first one um, and the second one. And I think we might have to go back to your, your second challenge. I think, I think I just, that, well, that was it actually the work-life balance. That was the other challenge. <laughs> hey, well, you, you were yeah. more slick about bringing it back than I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So you said, um, the networking uh, challenge. Oh, the advice of networking. Um, of course. I mean, you're doing it right now, you know, on the podcast and, and building connections <laughs> with other people. I think when you highlighted as well, you highlighted objective perspective. And again, I think your story, it, when I listen to some, certain people, I'm, I, like there are certain phrases that come to mind, you know, like earlier you mentioned, humbling and humility and like there's just honor and privilege in what you do and now i'm hearing there's the there's a humility you use to get outside perspective which again if you're listening into this podcast let me speak to you for a moment she's highlighting the value of objective perspective when i was young i hated getting advice and asking for other people's opinion about what i was thinking what i was doing but this principle right here that i think the proverb comes to mind that says the way of a fool seems right to him but the wise listen to advice. And I think that's what, what, what you're capturing in this, in this uh, okay. section here about the power of objective perspective and how, how beautiful it is to be able to rely on other attorneys so that when you make your decision in whatever direction you're going in, you have um, even that much more confidence. Like, hey, I thought this, but even these other attorneys who have this many years of experience thought this as well. But I, I just love that you, you highlighted objective perspective. Yeah, it's very, very much needed. And sometimes it, they change your mind and you have to say, okay, you're, you know better than I do. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I think, um, again, my younger days, hopefully I'm better now, but in my younger days, I thought all of my ideas were great. Um, but then you live a little bit and you go, you know what? All of my ideas are not great. And it's- <laughs> Life shakes that stubbornness away, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, but, um, but for me in that space of not being married to any one idea and being okay with that breakup, um, of the idea and, and to choose the path that's best. And the second thing you talked about was, um, work life balance, which I think, again, interviewing attorneys, that's something that they come back to, um, what helps you with that one? Like what helps you to, you know, to what helps you with your boundaries? What helps you to kind of turn it off? What helps you? With work-life balance? So I'm still learning how to do that. <laughs> and I think it's going to be an ongoing battle. Um, I, I can speak like for right now, especially with the, you know, the coronavirus, it's, it's gotten even exponentially more difficult. Um, so what, what I do now is I actually have, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a space that I can have like, you know, home office. Um, I'm not working like on my dining room table. So I know I'm very fortunate with that. Um, so what I try to do is, you know, at, at 5.30, 6 o'clock, I turn my laptop off, I close it, I le leave it in this room, and I leave so that I have a hard stop, you know. Um, and if I know it's going to be a long day in the morning, uh, that's another a really great uh, thing is, um, so I block my days. You know, so I have days where Mondays and Fridays, I don't see any clients. I don't do any phone calls. Um, the only thing that would interrupt my Monday or Friday would be court. 
but Mondays or Friday are to do administrative stuff, speak with my team, billing, you know, getting things in order. So I think that helps and to plan out your day. So if I know I have a long day ahead of me, I still will tell myself at 8 p.m., that's it. Even if you didn't finish, you, ha you have to stop. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't always listen to myself. <laughs> like I said, it's an ongoing struggle, but it's, but you have to, otherwise you would work, you know, all, all the time and on the weekends. Um, so that's what I try to give myself like hard stop times and, and to-do lists and plan the week out. Yes. Now, I, I, you're the first person I heard talk about that Monday, Friday concept, which I think I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, the idea of, um, I think we all as, as human beings can relate to the ideal, you know, where we would ideally be with our boundaries or with our rest and relaxation, with our, um, again, with that work-life balance. And then, and then at times straying from that ideal and having to come back to it over and over again. And especially in your industry, I know that's something that people have expressed over and over again, because back to what we were talking about earlier with, with preparation, like preparation means confidence. Preparation could mean peace. Preparation could mean the difference between how much help I can provide to the people you're advocating for. Um, so I think that, it, yeah, um, I think just ha having that, I, I, I like that concept of, of um, finding, coming back to the boundaries, even some, some days we don't have them, but we have to come back to them over and over again. Yeah. Just keep listening to that. And it is because if you're tired, if you're exhausted, you're not going to be able to serve anyone. You know, if, if you're not filling yourself, then you're not going to be able to, to help other people. Yes. Um, like I, with immigration law and the, 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 the climate, you know, and the, the various different changes in the law, the past few years, it has definitely been exhausting. I've definitely not been able to maintain the work-life balance that I would have liked. Um, but, you know, it did get to the point where I was kind of saying, oh, I don't know if I want to keep doing this immigration thing because I'm exhausted. And, um, you know, and then a client will come in and tell me their story. And I'm like, I can't stop. You know, I, I, I have to help this person. Um, but, but you do, you really got to rest. You really have to try to maintain that because it, you're not going to be of service to other people if you're exhausted and drained out, you know? Mm, yes. The visual, I think is clear podcast listener. She's giving us the <laughs> visual of fill your cup, get your rest, have the boundaries, get the exercise in, disconnect from work for a little bit to recharge and say and what, what i what i've learned in, in, in um as well in this space of of rest and relaxation sometimes i feel like with the proper rest and relaxation i feel like at times i could get two to three times more product productivity out of myself when i am working versus just keep on you know putting the the the, 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 the pedal to the metal if you you right. know so to speak yeah absolutely um, uh, so I asked you about the advice for a new attorney. Now, let me ask you maybe a little bit different, which is the advice you would offer somebody who's just starting their law firm. Just starting their law firm. Um, so uh, definitely keep your overhead low. That was the advice given to me by uh, everyone I knew. <laughs> um, so I actually... Um, like I told you, I knew I wanted to go to law school, right? I was eight years old. I knew I wanted to go to law school. So when I graduated high school in 19, well, I'm going to tell you the year, <laughs> but 
but when I graduated high school, I told my mom, you know, I really want to go to law. I mean, sorry, high school. When I, I really want to go to law school, I, I want to know what it's like. Um, she worked for the board, the uh, board of social services in our city. So she started asking around, like, hey, do you know anybody that can use like a receptionist? Um, and then she ended up finding out from from the you know so and so that the city prosecutor actually needed a receptionist. Um, so I was like, I'll take it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. I'll, you know, get me in there. So I'm 18 years old, just graduated high school. I started working for his private practice. Um, and he was just like this old school attorney. He knew I didn't know what I was, what I was doing. He would just give me a file and a book and he'd be like, I need this done. This is where you're going to find out how to do it. Um, so, you know, get to it. So I, I, that's how I learned. That's how I learned how to research and how to write and expose myself to family law and, and immigration law and how to run an office. Um, and, you know, he would give me everything like how to advertise, who to talk to. Um, and he was, he, and he'll, he'll admit it to this day that he's cheap. Um, but he said, <laughs> he said, you gotta be cheap. You gotta keep your overhead low. Um, and then from there, you know, I, I, I kept moving on as I started working as a paralegal. I actually got my paralegal certificate first and I worked for almost 17 years before I became an attorney as a paralegal. Um, and that's how I was like, you know, I can do this. When I graduated law school, I didn't want to work for anybody. I already knew what to do, how to run, you know, the, the, the office. Um, so I said, I'm not going to work for anybody. As soon as I graduate law school, I'm just going to go in and, and open my office. At the time, I was working for um, an attorney who I was with for about 10 years. And there was three attorneys in one building. It was his building. He was renting it out to the second attorney. And to me, I was, you know, doing all his work, going to law school. And he told me, listen, as soon as you graduate, at lo graduate law school, I'm just going to, um, you know, give you these family law clients and, you know, you can work with me. Um, and so that's, that's what I did. As soon as I graduated law school, I, he swore me in. Um, and I, the very next day, like I started going to court on, on family law files. Um, and I had like, a cell phone. I was working with my cell phone. I did not have an assistant. I did all my work, you know, myself. Um, it, it was, it was, it was challenging, but it was also fun to establish this, you know, amazing thing and, and, and see my name on letterhead. But so all that to say <laughs> advice, um, keep your overhead low in the beginning. Definitely. You know, don't try to go for like all the, the, the fancy, the fancy things and all the programs. And um, I, I didn't even need my own office space at the time. Um, I shared, you know, office space and it actually went to my benefit because they, they fed me cases that they didn't want, um, that they didn't want to deal with. And I was like, I'll take it because I want to learn. Um, so definitely keep your overhead low, networking, like I said, um, and huge, huge, huge thing is organization. Um, definitely be organized, write all your systems down. You know, if, if you like a particular way of opening a file or, or, or how you want your phone answered, write it down, you know, from the beginning. Don't wait till the end to get organized. 
Um, so yeah, I think those are like my big takeaways. <laughs> those are huge. Those okay. Are huge. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to circle back on processes. So if I forget, you know, wave or something and say, Hey, you said you were going to circle back on processes, but I'll, I'll speak to the first thing first you mentioned about overhead. Um, so of course, uh, of course, when people hear this, so we, when I think of overhead, you mentioned a few of them that might be office space. It might be paralegal. It might be an assistant. And you, you mentioned programs. So tell me a little bit more about the programs or anything else of when you're starting out, what are some of those things that might be reaching what might be calling out to you as a potential expense that they, that they might want to stay away from? So I think, you know, they're like case management programs. I think they're, they're great. They're ideal. I actually just, uh, just enrolled in one, which I do wish I would have done a little bit earlier on. Um, but you know, they, they have these like big fancy programs and they're like with all the bells and whistles and you don't, you don't need that to begin with. Um, and there's also really great tools that you can find online, a lot of them for free. Um, so I'm, for an example, I made it, uh, I, you live and learn, right? So, um, when I actually got an assistant, I needed payroll because I, I'm doing everything on my own and it was getting to be too much. So I, I wanted to do payroll and I didn't research and I just did what I thought everybody else was doing. And I hired a payroll company, um, to do this for me. But then I started researching and I found out oh, QuickBooks, you know, does all my accounting for me and I can do their payroll for, for like a third of the price that I was paying this huge payroll company. Um, another one, clocking in, clocking out. A lot of people pay for all these fancy programs, fingerprinting and, and all stuff. I ended up finding a great program that does it to this day for free. I do not pay for that. Um, and you know, the, the assistant has to be in office in order to log on. So it's not like she can do it from her house. It really does track. I trust her, but you know, it does track that she's actually clocking in, clocking out vacation time, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important because then you can keep your profit, you know, and then grow. And then if you need it, you know, get those, those bigger programs, which is, which is what I did. Um, but little things like that, do your research, Google, there's so many free resources out there um, that will save you, you know, a lot of those monthly bills. Yes. I, I love the hustle that you're describing. And, and I think it's what I hear is it, it's a savvy business, right? And you learning from that, uh, from the, 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 the guy you said you were working for before, I'm seeing, you know, he was, he would use the phrase cheap, right? Um, I, I'm going to make it a little bit, a little bit more shiny. He I'm gonna said call it, it, not me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used the word cheap. We'll, we'll say savvy. Okay. Savvy and shrewd. We'll say, we'll put a little uh, a positive, but I think there's, there's something powerful about it, you know, um, because there's certain times in the journey um, where um, if you, if you, if you wrote out your, your org chart, your organization chart, you know, I, I would put myself, yeah, I'm the CEO of my business, but I'm also the janitor, you know? So it's, <laughs> exactly. I'm doing both. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing double duty, but really when, as a solo to start, you know, you're doing a lot to, um, in, in, in a number of different spaces, but I think there's, there's, uh, it's, it's savvy to think about maximize the profit. So you don't have all this money going out um, the window with these really what you described was unnecessary expenses. Right, right. 
in the beginning, I think that's really important. I also don't want to take away from like the, the flip side of that, where which is where I'm finding myself now, is don't be cheap or uh, you know less savvy. Like if you need the help, you know, then then definitely hire for it. Because like I said in the beginning, I didn't have a receptionist or secretary. I was doing everything on my own. And it got to the point where it was overwhelming. And even though I didn't want to spend the money on an employee, I saw the benefit of that, right? Because it would free up my time and then I can take in more clients. I can, you know, make more money uh, that way. And also just for your sanity. Um, yes. And I, yeah, so. Yes, yes. Well, I think it speaks to the second part of it, which is your, the systems. And when you talk about systems and processes, you know, um, one, of the, one of the books I've been reading recently is uh, the, the E-Myth and the Attorney One. Um, uh-oh, is she pulling it out? Uh-oh, there we go. Hold on, wait, wait for it. So if you're listening <laughs> to this part of the podcast, you can't see the video unless you're watching. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> you're literally holding up the same book on the video. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I just um, got it. I just got it. But I can't wait to like get into this. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, <laughs> and, and I have the attorney one as well. And I've been listening to that one. Um, but what we're saying, though, is this concept of processes and systems. And even when it comes to podcasting, like if if you and I have if I have a system, it makes it easier for everybody. You know, what are the four things I ask people for who visit? Oh, I ask them for um, their, their headshot. I asked him for a short three sentence biography. I asked him for a full biography for the show notes. And then I asked him for a logo of their brand. But instead of typing that every single time, having a system where I can copy and paste it right into the Instagram messenger and, and have those, um, those interactions. But I think there's, I want to speak to the the listeners for a moment. Um, without systems, you're going to waste so much of your resources, your time, your effort, and your energy because it's almost like you're recreating it each time you do it. And if you ever hire somebody to scale, like um, Gil Mady is saying, then it's that much more difficult to teach somebody what to do. You know, you're kind of creating your operation manual that she described the process and how you want it done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because then you have to like do everything over again. And again, I definitely, I learned that through experience, um, you know, cause I first receptionist and then legal assistant. And then I saw myself, I'm like, why am I repeating all this over again? Like, I just want you to go in and work and know how to do this. And so I, I started doing that. And I, I just, you know, you can do it on a Google, Google document. That's, that's all I started to do. It's a live document. Anytime you change it, just go back, change what you want done. And then, you know, you keep going and you always yeah. reference it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like it. I like it. Well, good. Well, um, we had a pretty, pretty powerful moment there with the e-myth popping up <laughs> on both of our screens. Um, let me let me ask you the last question before we wrap, wrap up here um, is what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Um, it's a loaded question, but uh, I think integrity. I think integrity. I think that's one of the most important uh things that a, a person can have, right? Because they're, they're true to your, themselves. They're going to be true to you. You're going to be able to depend on them because of that. Be honest with them because of that. And know that they're going to be honest with you, whether you want to hear it or not. Um, and I think even in, in the profession as an attorney, integrity is so, is so important because 
really what people are doing is telling their stories, right? And they want someone to believe them, believe that what they're saying is true and that what happened to them happened. Um, so I would say integrity. Mm. I love that answer. I, I love integrity. I, I, I love that. Uh, to me, it's like that foundation. I mean, if the, if the integrity is off on anybody, it's like their foundation's off and it's only going to reap more problems. But with integrity, it's on, it's on point. You know, I remember my mom told me growing up, you know, that um, or she told me the rhyme, which was, um, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And this idea, like you have to kind of keep up with this tangled web of lies or deceit or have truths, but that the, the the security you get from just speaking the truth all the time, there's never there's never anything I have to remember necessarily from right. the past. I don't have to keep up with any half truths or any kind of deception. With I'm just speaking the truth all the time, and that makes all the difference. Yep, agree completely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast, uh, Guillaume Chapish. Did I get that right? <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Thank you. This was awesome. I had a, a it was a great ending to my day, actually. So thank you for having me. All right. If you're listening to the podcast, we are grateful that you are spending you spent some time with us today. I want to encourage you go go follow um, Guillaume's uh, uh, Instagram. Remind them of your handle. So it is CEPES, C-S-E-P-E-S-L-A-W, Chapish Law. Chapish Law. And we'll put that in the show notes so you can go over and follow her on Instagram. If you're listening- Check out my website. You can- uh, Yes, yes. Tell them, tell them. (laughs) You can uh, sign up for my newsletter. It's uh, CEPESLaw.com. Same thing. Yes. All right. We will also put that in the show notes so you can go get on the newsletter. If you're listening in, I want to encourage you to go over to the Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And remember, whether you're watching the video on YouTube or you're listening to it, subscribe so we can get you more great content from attorneys and from the coach um, every time it comes out. But thank you for tuning in, and we'll connect with you on the next episode.